Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. Okay, here's a joke. Why didn't the lifeguard save the hippie? He was too far out, man. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from 89.3 KPCC in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Christopher Owens of the San Francisco band Girls. Sweet. Yes. Later on, you'll hear the interview we taped with them at the South by Southwest Music Festival. But first, time for small talk. So, Rico, this week... Floods in Fargo, subway fare hike in New York, there's a Hooverville of tents that's growing in Sacramento. It's like some kind of madness in March. And then there is March Madness. I guess there is that. Yeah, it's pretty under the radar. (laughs) Speaking of which, as usual, we asked our colleagues at Marketplace to tell us about some news stories the folks at your dinner party won't have heard. Stacey Vanek-Smith, senior reporter at Marketplace, what are you going to be talking about this weekend? Food auctions. What is a food auction? Well, it's just like a normal auction, like an art auction, except they're selling big quantities of damaged food. 7,000 pounds of bratwurst to the gentleman on the phone. Yeah, it's not exactly like your Sotheby's (laughs) Picasso auction because, you know, this guy in Pennsylvania started getting this food from supermarkets that they were tossing, and he's selling all this food to people whose grocery bills have gone up because food inflation is so high and nobody has a job. Auctions which once sold great art, they're now selling stale bread. Oh, yeah. Last year, it was all about the paintings of cans of Campbell's Soup, and this year, it's the actual cans of Campbell's Soup. Jeremy Hobson, reporter, what is your story? Well, it turns out if you're looking for a job, the place to go is back to school because college towns have some of the lowest unemployment rates in the country. Really? Like like how low? Uh, Ames, Iowa, where Iowa State University has a 3.8% rate. Keep in mind, the national unemployment rate is 8.5%. Even Manhattan, Kansas, has 4.2%. So what is going on? Did they, are there professional beer pong leagues now or something? The, uh, maybe everybody's getting out of town after they've uh, embarrassed themselves with a midnight streak on the quad and they're leaving all those jobs open. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Phyllis Owens, commentary editor for Marketplace. What's your story? Well, the second California gold rush is on. A few hours outside of Los Angeles, they're panning for gold. Are you serious? Yes. And guess what? They're finding it. (laughs) What's going on? Apparently during the gold rush, something like 80% of the gold was never uncovered. So people are really finding money there. So what are we doing here right now? (laughs) My point exactly. Let's get out of here. And now, time for cocktails. Yet again, we come at you with something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history class, except instead of a blackboard, there's a wall of liquor. First to the history, this week back in 1973, Marlon Brando won the Oscar for Best Actor. Now some folks at your dinner party might know it was for his role in The Godfather. Mm. Our friend Michelle Phillippe is here to tell you a few things they might not know. Hollywood loves cowboys and Indians. But at the 73 Oscars, Hollywood didn't like the Indian part so much. The winner is Marlon Brando in The Godfather. That year, everyone was excited to watch Marlon Brando win his second Academy Award. He had a rep as a diva whose movies tended to bomb. But The Godfather was his big comeback. What most of America didn't know is Brando was a big supporter of Native American rights. When a 26-year-old woman wearing buckskin took the stage, though, 
they got the message. My name is Sasheen Littlefeather. I'm Apache. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening, and he has asked me to tell you that he regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. Excuse me. You can hear the booing. John Wayne reportedly had to be physically restrained from storming on stage to stop Little Feather's speech. It only lasted about 45 seconds, much shorter than the 15 pages Brando had originally asked her to read. Later, rumors about the incident swirled. Some said Little Feather, an actress born with the name Maria Cruz, wasn't actually of Apache descent. She is. As for the Oscar Brando declined, the Academy says it was later given to Charlie Chaplin as a replacement when one of the comedian's own statuettes broke. So that was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm on the line with Eric Alperin. He's the owner of The Varnish, a kind of mild, secretive cocktail bar in downtown Los Angeles. Eric, uh, what cocktail does that story inspire you to make? Where do you begin? So I'm thinking of a uh, a whiskey, but also brandy involved as well, because the French in the 1650s came and introduced the Indians to to alcohol Mm. um, before they were just using it for special occasions. And now, in a sense, just like uh, gin was mother's ruin for the English, alcohol became a form of ruin for Indian culture. Unfortunately, yeah. And that seems like that's probably partially what informed Marlon's speech. Absolutely. So what we got here is we got rye. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to do an ounce of rye. Uh, we're going to do possibly an ounce of uh, brandy. Uh-huh. Um, then a French dry vermouth. Okay. And um, I'm going to do a light load of Islay scotch. Hmm. Uh, the Indians used uh, smoke signals as a form of communication. Oh, so you're going to have the PD smokiness with the scotch there. Exactly. So a little bit. You don't need much. You need like a bar spoon to put on top, and then I'll give you the smokiness. I'm going to do an orange peel, and I'm going to flame it, so that I'll add a little more smokiness as well. And uh, then I'm going to use the, the peel as, as a garnish, and uh, that'll be like the feather in uh, Miss Little Feather's headdress. So what, are you gonna, what, do you, what do you want to call this drink? I think we should just be really straightforward on this one. We should call it the Little Feather. This is so much more interesting. I was thinking we were going to end up with like a sidecar named Desire or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brendan, you know the movie Brando did after The Godfather? Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, close. It was Last Tango in Paris, which is oh, one yeah. cocktail you do not want to know about. <laughs> All right. If you have a bad idea for a cocktail, we want to hear about it. Email us at dinnerparty at kpcc.org. Our guests of honor this week are JR and Christopher of Girls, who I just saw play in the sweatiest club I've ever seen in America at the South by Southwest Festival. They've got a bunch of songs that have been uh, ripping it up on the internet. How long have you been together, you guys? First show was last year on Valentine's Day. So it's been a, a fairly quick, I mean, there's a lot of buzz about you. We didn't even think we were going to have a band, actually, so this is, it is a surprise. We were going to do this for ourselves, like make recordings 
It was only until people started booking us shows and assuming on the internet that we were a band that we put together a band. <laughs> so you had you had recorded before you actually played out? Oh yeah, yeah. It started out as the idea was let's like have a recording project and just make music and things just started taking off. <laughs> what what kickstarted it? I think we set out. You know, I personally wanted to write just simple, sincere tasteful songs and the first song that we put up was just catchy enough i think to get everybody talking it's called lust for life and it just starts out really catchy and it, halfway through the song it flips over and it's like a different song that's really catchy so it, within two minutes you're you can get bored within two minutes but you can't with that song oh i wish i had a boyfriend i wish i had a loving man in my life i wish i had a father maybe then i would have turned out right so people started talking and then when we put more stuff up it was like all so good I think people have faith in us we normally ask two questions on this show, and the first is usually, what is the question you're, you least like being asked in interviews? But I'm feeling like you're going to be doing more interviews starting probably now. So I guess the better question is, what is the question you are going to like least answering in interviews? Uh, the name question, yeah, where we got exactly. our name, we get that a lot. Why did you call yourselves girls? And Because there are no girls in the band. Well, Christopher was in a band called Curls. Some of the songs we play, he played in that project. And he was, we were talking, he's like, I like the name Curls. And I said, girls, what about girls? It's kind of a variation. And that I just told the story, yeah, okay. <laughs> now you see the secret of that question. Um, we have a second question that we ask everyone. Tell us something we don't know, which in this case is probably almost anything, either about yourselves or, or even a piece of trivia that uh, is going to catch people unawares at a dinner party. Um. I, actually, we were driving around Austin yesterday, and Coomer's from this great band here called Harlem. He told me that there's things here called moon towers. He pointed one out, and they're basically there. I'm not good at estimating heights, but it's a tall tower, basically, with lights on it, kind of like a lighthouse, and they're all over the city. And they were actually installed during a time when there was a uh, serial killer running around Austin who was killing women at night. These are like street lights, kind of. Yeah, they're like old time, like before street lights. They were original street lights, and apparently, they're still up and they still operate. But if you see these moon towers, that's why they were originally put in. See, I had always heard that the moon towers just sort of reproduce nice natural moonlight, but it turns out it has to do with serial killers. This seems somehow perfect for Texas. So, Brendan, I didn't see any moon towers while I was at South by Southwest. They're, they're not at the bottom of a glass, which I think could be part of your problem. That, that, that solves it. <laughs> but I will tell you, speaking of glasses and the bottoms of them, on Tuesday night of the fest, it was also St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. And within about eight minutes, I saw a cabbie attack a drunk with razor wire. And then I watched a car hit a kid on a bike and knock him unconscious into the gutter. You had to go to kidding. Austin for that? You should just come to my house, man. <laughs> Silver Lake, Friday night. Oh, uh, people, come over to our house. The digital one. It's at dinnerpartydownload.com. So we heard from our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we learn about food. So, Rico, you know what gets me mad? Cupcakes? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Are we doing this again? Seriously? You know what makes me happy? 
Korean barbecue tacos. Yes, I like meat. Indeed. I'm a pretty simple guy. Yes. So you can imagine how confused I was when I learned about the Meatloaf Bakery in Chicago, where Cynthia Khalil makes and sells meatloaf cupcakes. Oh, my God. I know. Seriously? <laughs> Are you like the Hulk right now? There must be a war <laughs> raging inside. Are you going to blow at any moment? It's it's been it's, I've been conflicted all week long. Run for your lives. She also does an assortment of other savory cupcakes, including a vegetarian cupcake called the Yentl Lentil. <laughs> And a chicken <laughs> cupcake called a wing and a prayer, which oh begs God. the question, which comes first, the meat cakes or the punny name? Well, you know, that's a great question because, for example, right now, I, I had a fun name for one, which is really not all that fun, but it, the chicken mushu loaf. <laughs> and so I like the name and I thought, all right, I'm going to create a meatloaf that, that works with that. And the other ones, though, it was more the recipe. And then we came up with the name. Well, you know, I have, I have a suggestion, the Tidy Joseph. And it's like a sloppy Joe, but uh, oh. but in meatloaf form. It has that flavor profile, but it's tidier and compact like a meatloaf. What do you think of that? Oh, my mouth has just dropped open. That <laughs> sounds fabulous. It's called the Tidy Joseph for the Tidy Joe. Well, the Joseph, because it's more formal. It does bring up something that I was thinking. You know, meatloaf is a, is a, is a proletariat comfort food. And here you are putting it in cupcake form, and you're, you know, you're making it schmancy. Have, has there been a meatloaf backlash? No, there really has not been a meatloaf backlash. And, and here's why. People really do enjoy meatloaf, mm-hmm. but they don't want to take the time to make it because it's, there's a lot of preparation in it. And what I've tried to do with it is, is take it to a new level. Well, this brings up another point, which is I'm a cupcake hater. <laughs> I, think, I think the cupcake trend has been, has been played out. And actually, I learned about your bakery from a listener who said, you know, you say, before you give up on cupcakes, you have to try the meatloaf cupcake. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. I have cupcake fatigue, but I'm kind of getting into donuts. Uh-huh. And so what about like a loaf nut or something where the Whoa. center is mashed potatoes? Oh, how cute. Or a meatloaf without a center, like a donut meatloaf, you know, w- with a hole in the middle. I think that's a great idea. And in fact, I did make a donut. It was our nutty veggie, it's a, which is one of our specials. And I did it in a donut shape. Wow. And then, then I frosted it with uh, sunflower seeds. So uh, your idea, you're, you're right there. Now that sounds a little healthy for me. I was thinking you could do like crispy dried onions to kind of make it look like coconut on the top there. Oh, gosh. Can I come work for you? You can. <laughs> you absolutely can. Because I love bad puns and I love meat. I think this is a marriage made in heaven. I'm outside with that in my pocket. She looked at Cola, try to get a couple dollars. Get on me low. What you know about it? Get on me low. What you know about it? So, uh, Rico, I hate to say it, but it's my last day at the DPD. <laughs> you, you, so you're going to become... A meat cake intern? <laughs> it's a no-brainer, man. The loaf nut is going to be the iPod of snack foods. And that's the Dinner Party download for this week. Thanks to Kevin Ferguson, Sarah Toulouse, Elizabeth Dirkso, Michelle Mater, and Damian Hess. And, of course, to John Raby and Queen Kim. Starting this week, you can hear our show on their show, yes. Off Ramp. Listen in at KPCC. We leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. Now, one of the best performances I saw at South by Southwest this year, surprisingly, was Echo and the Bunnymen. Not too surprising. It was. I did not expect anything, but they were amazing. However, they did not do my favorite song. Uh, so here it is. It's called Do It Clean. Bon Appetit.
I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And I'm speaking on behalf of Rico Galliano in protest of the portrayal of cupcakes on this program. Boo! <laughs> <laughs>